0: Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 359, and today I've got my good friend on, Mr. Chris Schaefer, and we're going to do another hot seat, and we're going to be talking about should I continue selling a product that might not have the best sales, and uh, what should I do with this product, or should I bail on the product and maybe start up again? We're going to kind of dig into all this stuff. So Chris Schaefer, what's up, my friend? How you doing? Oh, not too much, man. Loving loving this little change
1: in the weather that we're having. It's officially summer down here in Texas, even though uh, it's not quite summer through most of the rest of the country yet. But I'm, I'm absolutely loving it, man. Business is good. Everything's rolling. So I can't complain about a single thing right now.
0: Yeah, everything is rolling along. A lot of things happening. Actually, in my last week's email, I talked a little bit about feeling that overwhelm starting to creep in because we had so many different things going on. And it's funny, like Sometimes, you're kind of like just going along and things are just, you know, happening and, you know, no big deal. And then all of a sudden everything hits at once. And I think like this week we had a product launch. Uh, We also had another product coming in that was going to be launched. So we had to plan that. And then we've got another one coming in next week. So it's like everything's kind of hitting at once. And then with the, you know, the podcast and then with our class and just a lot of things going on, our live event coming up. It's like just a lot of things happening. And I know that you're busy in your schedule as well. So I don't know, man, have you felt that at all lately? You feel any little bit of that overwhelm coming in?
1: Well, and that's you and I had a, you and I had a conversation about this the end of last week, and I took a mental health day. Yes, you did, uh, and and unplugged because if I'm here, I'm gonna work, and I know that that's not necessarily. And this is a total tangent from what we were gonna talk about, but I think it's, it's an okay. important topic. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things where we have to kind of plan that stuff into our schedule because we're not in that like Monday through Friday nine to five type of an environment. We tend to work all the time. And if you don't schedule some time in to literally unplug, my phone was on airplane mode for about 24 hours. Uh, I couldn't quite resist a couple of times when I was, you know, by myself, I turned it off of airplane mode and jumped into the, the private level classroom and answered some questions, you, but
0: you, you <laughs> shouldn't have did I'm that. Come on.
1: Fuck. I'm going to have to like go hike the Appalachian trail or something where I'm not going to have cell service to, to truly unplug. But Honestly, it was, you know, 20 minutes instead of an hour or two. And so that was, that was really nice. And I did that because, you know, we had done, uh, we were wrapping up one K fast track, we did a product launch that was kind of back to back to back work, all the stuff that we do on a normal basis. And then we had that, that new cool workshop we did for list building that we spent the whole week kind of making a brand, you know, a brand new presentation for everybody and showing everybody exactly how we're launching products and all that stuff. And so it was one of those weeks where like everything hit back to back to back and it's great and it feels like we got a boatload of stuff done. But at the same time, if you don't plan for just a little bit of downtime on the back of that, then you end up with two or three of those weeks in a row and then you burn out.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so
1: even just that, you know, booking a hotel room for 24 hours to get out of the house, which is literally what I did. Uh, I cheated. I just went across town. Right. (laughs) But it, it was far enough away that you you kind of disassociate from all that stuff. And so if you can plug some of those small breaks in, it makes the crazy amount of stuff that we do a lot more manageable.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, I've tried to set myself up to do the same thing as far as like, you know, at five o'clock I try to unplug and then, uh, you know, have the family time and all that stuff. I don't try to, uh, or I I try to stay out of the, you know, Facebook group or Snapchat or any of that stuff. Um, But it's hard, you know, it's definitely hard because, you know, it's part of your life. It's, it's part of what you're doing. And, Honestly, I enjoy doing it. So it's not like it's uh, it's work. That's, I think, what makes it harder to unplug from. Right. It's not work like us. You and I jumping on right here. People could say, well, you're kind of working right now. And honestly, I feel like I'm just having a conversation with you talking business, helping people. Uh, It doesn't feel like work to me at all. We'd
1: be having this conversation whether or not we were recording it. And so that's that's one of those things. And you talk about, it doesn't feel like work. And everybody, if you guys haven't read it, it's a book worth reading. The four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Everybody's like, Oh, I want to only do four hours worth of stuff a week. And that's not the moral of that book, right? The moral of that book is like, you should only feel like you're working four hours and that's a great title of of a book, (laughs) which he split tested by the way. Yes. Uh, he did. More proof that if you guys aren't split testing your Amazon listings, you should be. But you know, if you're doing more actual things that feel like work than that four hours, then you you probably are doing something wrong. Right. And yeah, yeah. We do a lot of stuff. And, you know, between between the two of us, I can safely say we both work, you know, quote unquote work significantly more than 40 hours a week. But it doesn't feel like that. And that's a big difference. And it can be deceiving.
0: To us, because it doesn't feel like work. Exactly, you get lost in in the day. You know, you just get you just get lost in what you're doing, because uh, like you said, it doesn't feel like work. But uh, anyway, I wanted to bring that up. I know we weren't even planning on talking about that, but I think it's it's interesting for people to hear that because a lot of people they'll look back and they'll go, or they'll, or they'll look at you know people that are successful or whatever, or they think they're successful, and they'll be like, they got it all figured out. And I'm here to tell you that no, no, I don't have it figured out. Chris doesn't have it figured out. And other people that I know that are, you know, quote unquote, successful, they're always, you know, figuring this stuff out and and, uh, you know, like you said, having a mental health day, uh, I think it's important to do that because, you know, we do need to be able to unplug and and it's not healthy to not do that. And and not to mention, I mean, you are going to be more productive when you come back. You're going to be more creative. I At least that's what I've found. Um, but it's definitely hard. So if you guys are listening and you're thinking to yourself, you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed or, overworked or whatever, uh, it is normal, but, uh, sometimes you just got to unplug, you know? I think one other thing on that, Scott, before we actually transition to the topic that we were
1: planning on talking about is like (laughs) the other, the, the other sign that you might need to just unplug for the day is that you're stuck. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's something I found, you know, I'm one of these people, I don't think I'll ever be able to retire quote unquote, because I'll always need something to do. I'll need that mental challenge and even vacation, like enjoying two weeks of vacation, like everybody that, that kind of works in that nine to five is like, I would love to just take two weeks and do nothing. That mm. would drive me bonkers. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, by, you know, the end of that first week, I would be ready and I would be productive again. And what I've found is even if you take just that, like I took that one day, I took Saturday, you know, midday till basically Sunday night and actively chose not to work on my business. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm.
1: And what you find is that where those walls are in your business, they kind of crumble down and you come up with your solutions in those in those small mental breaks. And so if you're up against a wall, the solution is not always to work harder. Sometimes you do need to take that step back. Yeah. Take a little bit of time. Focus on literally anything that isn't the problem. And Mm. the solutions a lot of times will
0: become significantly more apparent to you. Yeah. No, I love it. Love it. All right, guys. Now we're going to actually talk about what we what we planned on talking about, and that is a hot seat, and uh, it's, it's going to be something a little bit different, um, but again, that's what hot seats are. Uh, you guys that have been to any of our TAS live events, and you've been to a hot seat session or uh, our day that we have full day hot seats, um, you guys know what this is like, and if you don't know what it's like, it's just imagine putting yourself in a seat for 30 minutes and then you just ask questions to, to start with, it would be Chris and I, but then we open it up to you know the entire uh, you know attendees. You know, So if there's 25 people in that room, everyone gets to chime in. In this case, it's gonna be me and Chris chiming in and we're gonna give some feedback, we're gonna give our thoughts, and also some questions to maybe ask yourself because I think a lot of times you'll find the answer to your own question if you ask the right questions. Um, a lot of times you don't ask the right questions because you're too deep into it. She got to ask those questions, and that's what I would do if I'm going to be sitting down with someone, and then these questions were going to be asked to me. I'm going to start asking questions because I need to figure out where you are and where you want to go, and then from there, we can kind of come up with a solution and a plan and a target and all that fun stuff, so Chris, why don't I flip it over to you? Why don't you read the email that was sent in for this hot seat, and then we can go ahead and really dig into um, the solution or at least our recommendations.
1: That sounds great. So this, this email is from Dal or Dahl. Not quite sure how they pronounce their name. So we're just going to go with Dal. Uh, and it says, since my last email to you, I've finally gotten my business started. A thousand units are on Amazon and every day has never been more exciting. Well, in that roller coaster kind of way. Ha ha. I've definitely come to appreciate the obstacles in the start of this business because of how it fuels creative thinking and the will to become more successful. The obstacles also, of course, make the ups much more exciting. I make sure small ups are treated as victories to keep me going, which is a great strategy and actually something that piggybacks well off the conversation we were just totally plus learning something that you have absolute control over is amazing. I'm not quite free from my job, but now just having a taste of being an entrepreneur, I refuse to ever give in to that nine to five life because I've entered a niche that's competitive. I knew going into this that it would be a, a rough start. However, the motivation and knowledge from your podcasts and workshops Uh, have helped me get over every mental obstacle that tries to pull me down. So thank you for everything. My question is, after having done a simple cash flow statement, I see that I'm actually going to have to sell my product for a few dollars more than what I was hoping for when I initially expected to bring this product in. It's also going to be a significantly higher price, or sorry, slightly higher price than my competitors in order to profit. I see where I can cut costs. However, I wanted to ask this. Is it possible to say in my listing that with the purchase of my product, I can give them a how-to guide? I feel this is a great way of increasing value without adding more costs. I feel I have a better knowledge in my niche than most of my competitors. Is this allowed? Meaning, can I provide a link to the how-to guide via salesbacker? Other ideas I have are writing the description about why my customers should support my brand in my listing. In summary, I want to build my brand into a community where it's about a positive mindset. And I want everyone from every walk of life to share in this. This would make uh, great for a workshop and building email lists, which is something we've just covered uh, and actually does play really well into building those email lists. I have a blog with a few long, but intense stories of my own experiences life, uh, which show how I live the brand that I'm going to create. So I'd like to possibly connect this in as well. My product is currently averaging one to three sales a day, and I'm doing PPC, and I'm going to implement all of the stuff that you guys talked about in some of your recent PPC workshops. My ACOS is currently pretty high, but that's going to improve as I improve my professionally taken photos taken with and without models. After this, I will do a small giveaway spread out over many days to get sales to get my rank and reviews really going with sales backer in place, of course, which I assume is going to help my organic sales convert better. Thank you, Scott. I would appreciate any advice or guidance in the questions that will help me point me in the right direction so that eventually I can quit my job and begin focusing all my time and energy into this business to create a loyal brand that's going to help so many. So, Scott, there was a couple big nuggets in there, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to see kind of what the first one was that that pulled your attention
0: out of that email. Yeah. Okay. let's for me personally, what I was and I was making, I was writing notes as you were actually going through some of that. That kind of stuck out to me. Um, the first thing that I'm hearing him say, well, number one, I'm hearing him say that he got the taste of you know entrepreneurship and what it would feel like, even though there's ups and downs, and he liked it. It's kind of like a little bit of of a high in a sense, right? You're you're excited because you know that you control where this can go. And I think once you understand that, I mean, the possibilities are endless on what you can do. So I think that was one thing I pulled out just from him going through this process and getting himself immersed in this, in this, you know, this lifestyle, if you will. Um, it, it just it triggered something for him, which is awesome. But going into like the product that he's selling, I don't really, I guess, I, and we'll talk about that. I don't really look at the product as being the question here. The question for me is: It sounds like. He wants to build a brand that will continually help people. And this product might just be one of those one of those uh, items that could help in that, but it it's probably not the only one that's going to be there. So going back to like where he is right now and with that one product, I wouldn't base the decision on that product as far as should I abandon this, you know, not just the product, but this brand. It sounds like, he has a lot of passion, a lot of drive for this brand and for this market, for this niche. Um, so to me, it sounds like he's going to find a way to figure this thing out. Right. Uh, and I think the product side of things, what I pulled out was, a, well, there was a couple things. The first thing that came to mind was, number one, what are other competitors selling right now so I have a gauge as, to far, as, as far as what I'm going to shoot for? are they selling on a regular basis is there 10 sellers that are selling at least 10 per day or 15 per day and I'm only selling one or two okay good I've got room to grow i've got I've got room to get myself in there or is everyone just kind of sharing a hundred sales you know uh, you know throughout you know 10 12 listings um, you know, per week. You know what I mean? Like what, what are the numbers? I guess is what I would be. That would be my first question. Um, like what are the numbers? So I know that if I'm trying to push this thing, um, you know, and not, and really not being able to get to where I need to, because the, just the numbers aren't there, the demand isn't there. Um, so that's kind of what I pulled out. I know we can dig a lot deeper into this, but that's kind of where I'm at with what I heard so far.
1: Yeah. And I think I think the other thing is the first question that kind of pulled out to me, and it wasn't really a question. It was more of a statement was uh, he said, you know, I'm not going to make as much as I was hoping for. Mm. Uh, And and this is something and it's, you know, it's not a knock against Doll, but it's something that a lot of us miss. And Scott, you and I have have done this on an occasion as well, where when we're looking at the product, we go, oh, there's a ton of volume and we don't necessarily look at the margin uh, as much as we would like to. And that's why I think that the margin where you're talking about like in 10 by 10 by one, you're talking about 10 bucks, right? Yep. The reason that you suggest having that is for exactly this situation. If you know that you can get it for 10 bucks after everything, even if there's a couple of hidden costs that crop up, you're still going to make some money without having to change your price. Right? Uh, so that's, that's just something that that I thought was was interesting and should be a validation point for products. I think margin for me knocks more products out than just about anything else besides demand,
0: right? But, so, But with, with that being said, though, Chris, let, let's talk about that really quick, though. The first thing that and I wrote notes on that part, too, where I said, well, the first thing I would say to myself is, OK, even if I didn't raise my price, could I reduce my cost somewhere? Because there's well, products and, right now that we're launching that we know that we're paying more, but we know in the in the end, if we go by C, we're going to be able to save two bucks a unit.
1: And he said he did find some places where he can reduce cost. But for the first order, He's not going to make any. Basically, it's going to be break even. And I think that's okay as long as you know that going in. Yep. Right. And then you say, okay, on the next on the next turn, if I order it via C or if I order 2000 instead of 200, then my margin is going to be X at this same price.
0: But let me ask you this, though, Chris, if uh, let's let's talk about that. So if, if there's if you're if you're starting with an order of 500 units, are you in your head as a brand new product launch planning to make? Uh, what you would make if you were already kind of selling for three, four, five months. Like if you're going no. into this and I, I know where you're going to go with it, but I, <laughs> I need to, I need to bring this out because a lot of people don't think like that. They go, okay, I bought 500 units uh, I'm going to use a hundred of them for a promo. Sometimes they don't even say that. They just go, I just want to start making money out of the gate. I don't want to discount my product. I want to sell it for full price. And then they wonder why there's no sales. But To me, that mindset needs to be there from the beginning. There's no business. There's no business out there that you can say that you're going into business and your first 500 customers are going to, you're going to make money out of that, you know, out of those sales. I mean, with all the startups and, you know, our startup costs and running costs, all that stuff. And, but everyone thinks, not everyone, but a lot of people think I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, do a small test order of 500 units and I'm going to make my 10 units or $10 per sale, you know, within the first hundred units.
1: And, and is it possible? Absolutely. Yes. But you should be planning and it's kind of like PPC, right? Like worst case, you're planning to break even optimistic for profit. Right. Yep. And that's that's if you can make it fit in that small test order at a profit, <laughs> then when you scale it to a thousand or two thousand units you're going to make even more when you, when you move, if you move from air shipping to sea shipping, you're going to make even more and you're going to add a dollar to every, every unit or $2 to every unit. And that's fine down the road. But if you're just doing it to test the market, you don't necessarily need to make money. I wouldn't, you know, actively try to
0: lose money. So if you could break even, that's kind of that ideal situation. Um, well, I mean, that and, and again, I mean, just talking about, you know, what just happened with us. And I actually did a podcast episode, actually two of them back to back where we kind of go through the, like, kind of really goes along with what this discussion is today about branding or having a brand. Um, But that was episode 356 and then 357. If you guys didn't listen to that, definitely go listen to that. Um, Again, I'll link that up in the show notes to this episode, which is TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash 359. But, you know, we actually talked about a recent recent case study that we did on a launch that we did um, over the course of five days, and in our minds, we're thinking, you know, we're going to sell a couple hundred, 300 units and we're not going to make any money. If anything, we might lose some money and that's okay. Um, but we got to get sales volume, right? We have our sales velocity. We have to start getting sales. And we were pleasantly surprised. Like We actually walked away with over $100 profit on 150 plus units, um, which to us was, we were like jumping for joy. Like They were like, holy crap, that's amazing. Um, that that happened, but we were not going in the mindset that that was going to happen is I guess what I want to just really stress here. Right. And that's,
1: that's kind of the ideal situation, right? And we, we went in on that launch. And if you guys haven't heard about that, uh, make sure you listen to those two episodes. And we talk about that a little bit in, in the list building workshop as well. And that's kind of how we decided on the, the promo for that, right. Was we said, look, you know, we could do it at 75% off or 99% off if we we really wanted to. But we want to kind of break even and see what happens if we don't lose money, right? Yeah, and it yeah. turned out that we made like 48 cents a unit or something yep. after all the Amazon fees and the different shipping and, and all that stuff. And I think, uh, Scott, do you know the final number? It was like 147 units in five
0: days. Uh, yeah, I thought it was 154, but yeah. Something it, like that. It, it was it, right, around, right around
1: 150 yep. Uh, in, yep. in five days, right? Yep. And we didn't lose money.
0: <laughs> no. No. Is- and our BSR was, was crazy. I mean, we got, I think we got as, uh, as high as like, uh, seven or was it? No, it was like eight or 900, uh, BSR in a very competitive category, uh, which was just crazy. Uh, so yeah, it definitely worked. We're already ranking for some keywords on page one and on the bottom of page one and on the, the top of page two. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can't stress it enough. Like when you're doing that launch, and, and again, even just talking about this situation, like for me to listen to what he had said and say, you know, I'm not making the profit I thought I was going to be. If he was saying this was after he's already purchased a thousand plus units, then I might be like, All right, now we got to really dial this in. But right now, you're still in the building stage, like you're still in the the you know, the launch phase, in in a sense, because You're constantly wanting to get those sales to keep those, uh, you know, to keep, you know, to keep triggering Amazon's algorithm is is really what we're trying to do here and to get the reviews coming in slowly and, you know, feedback and all of that stuff. But again, um, it goes back to, is this the first question I would need to ask and I would need answered is, is there other sellers right now selling 10 plus units a day? And if there are, then you have room to grow. Right. Now he did say it's a competitive market. So I'm going to, I'm going to assume the answer is yes. So if the answer is yes, then the re then my next question is, is why are they selling more than you? Um, and he said something about his pictures can be improved. Well, then you got to improve your pictures. Um, you know what I mean? Like we, we got to optimize everything as much as possible. So we have the best chance. To, so when we do get those sales, we're able to get, uh, ranked. And then once we get ranked, we want to get attention from the organic viewers because then that'll start to trigger organic sales and then everything just kind of starts to take off don't do that after the fact like i think that's a mistake that people make is they'll they'll do the pre-launch phase which we love get it all ready and get it set up get it semi-optimized but then before you go live you better optimize that the best that you can so when you start to get those sales you're able to get as much bump as you can through amazon does that make sense chris it does indeed. All right, cool. So, what so, what else are you thinking? So the second
1: the second big question that I kind of pulled out of this was kind of does branding help? And there's there's two parts to this question. Does branding help within Amazon itself, like talking about your brand and your mission and and what sets your product apart on Amazon? And then does having a brand outside of Amazon? help to launch your product within Amazon. And I think we just talked about the second half of that. And the answer to that guys is yes, it does. Uh, (laughs) That's kind of the whole point of, of building that launch list, right? Right. Right. We were able to launch a product from scratch. We did right around 150 sales in five days from sending two, uh, I'm going to call it two and a half emails, Scott, because we kind of cheated and resent the same one, uh, once. So we sent two emails basically to that list and then, made sure that other people that,
0: that hadn't seen the first one we sent out. Yeah, we sent it out to unopens out. and, and right. we, we gave a, a, a nice little, you know, deadline and, and all that stuff. And guys, I talked about that in episode 357. So that one there, I kind of go through exactly what we did there. And also, like Chris said, we did a whole workshop showing how we how we kind of, you know, started from scratch and built a list inside of a market from scratch and, um, and that was exactly what we followed to launch that first product and get 100, 150 plus sales um, at 50% off. By the way, um, if we were to do 75%, I bet you we probably could have close to double that number. Um, but again, we wanted to see what would happen at 50% off because, you know, not everyone's doing that. And, you know, why not try to, you know, not give it away and, and lose money and, and try to gain a, a little bit through that as well. Um, so definitely go check out that workshop too, guys, theAmazingSeller.com forward slash build list. And again, I'll link everything up in the show notes to this episode. Um, so this way here you guys can just go there and uh and download um the the transcripts and just go over to those resources. Cause I think those two right there, the episode 357 and the workshop, and, and 356 for that matter, because 356 I talk about like the seven, the seven steps that we went through from scratch to start a brand. And then from there, build an audience and a list and and just those different elements. And I think it really does tie into what we're talking about today. So anyone else that's listening, that's thinking about building a brand. um, The other thing I want to pull out of here for people, and I really want to just kind of unpack a little bit, is he talked about he wants to share his story, and he's already kind of shared it twice. Um, I love that, Chris. I love that he's tying the story. How can he tie the story into his listing? Maybe you so, can kind of cover some things there. And this is something that I want to get your thoughts
1: on because I have a feeling we may disagree a little bit on this. Okay, all right. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on how effective it is to try and do that inside of Amazon uh, and and what your suggestions would be.
0: Well, here's here's that. the thing. Here, here's the thing, okay? Um, I, I think putting it in there could help a little if we can get people to read it. So how do we get people to read it? That's the, that's the hard part, right? <laughs> now, we're talking about enhanced content. So if we, would, if we would go down a little bit further in the description, we could, we could actually tell the story through pictures, through some copy, like, and that's amazing. And I think that if you have a story to tell, you should do it there. Do I think that that's going to make a huge difference? Not really. My, my hunch is that it's not because people aren't going to read down that far. That's the only problem. Now, if you could include a video inside of where your images go, that would be a different story, all right? Um, Now, if we can also have an email list and then we drive them to a video that we shot explaining our story on our blog, on Facebook, do a Facebook Live, whatever, that's another story. But we're talking about just inside of Amazon, I don't think that it's going to be a dramatic difference, but... I still think that you should do it because if people do read, that will be that little bit of an edge um, that other people won't have. Is that okay. what you were expecting or were you thinking I was going to say I, that I that it would? I didn't know. I didn't know, to be honest with you, because you and I
1: haven't had much of this conversation, although you'll probably recollect some of the, the things that I'm about to say. Amazon, in my opinion, is a lowest common denominator platform, right? Mm. Unlike on your own website, where your story can be featured centrally, your story isn't featured centrally on Amazon, right? The only way to really tell a story is to use something like enhanced brand content. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what Amazon wants you to do because they want it to be more about the product and the, the message behind the product because they know that that's important. The problem with that, at least as of recording this on Amazon is that nobody bothers to read the freaking description. <laughs> right? right? Right. And because of that, They look at the pretty pictures, they look at the headline, and that's what sells them on the product. So if you can figure out a way to do that in an image, it's probably going to be useful. If you can include something really cool in a bullet point about your brand or about what, you know, why your philosophy makes your products better, that may help. But where that brand story comes in long term is going to be while you're building your own list. Mm. And when you start selling off of Amazon on your own site, if that's something that you choose to do, because people don't necessarily have the time, the capacity or the ability within Amazon just because of the way that the site is built to scroll around and find your brand story and then. If they do do that, then they can't really find, you know, then they have to go back to the search results. And if it's not the product they want, then it's just a bad experience for them. So they end up leaving. But just from from past experience, we tried to do this with one product and we knew that the product was better and it didn't sell so hot on Amazon. But we were able to sell it very quickly off of Amazon through exactly that strategy. Right. The product Mm -hmm. moved very well off of Amazon, but not so well On Amazon, because it was a little bit of a more expensive product, but it had a brand and a mission behind it. And you just don't necessarily get that traction showing in like organic or PPC results. Mm -hmm. Where you do get that traction is repeat customers. So the place that you're able to create that story and sync that message in is in those follow up emails. Yeah. And so I don't think it's going to help a ton on the front end, at least in terms of PPC or organic sales from Amazon. But you can build that message and educate that way. And I I will tell you, we had people who bought one off products repeatedly to give to their friends and their family because of that message. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And in fact, when we decided not to continue the product on Amazon, they went and found the three page website that we had built to get brand registered and started buying the product through there.
0: (laughs) Nice. Right. So
1: it was one of those things where we were like, oh, okay. Apparently people actually do like this product and they resonate with the brand and the message and all of that stuff, but it doesn't necessarily present itself very easily on Amazon. Does that make sense? Or was that too much mumbo jumbo? No, no, it Um, it makes,
0: it makes total sense. And I think the one thing that I would say is like, and we've talked about this before, like you're not really necessarily, it's going to take a lot of work to build a brand recognized on Amazon. That's right. my that's my thought. But is it impossible? No. I think it's easier and better if you build that outside of Amazon and then when you lead people back over to Amazon if you choose to, in a, in the beginning I think you should so you can start to get that that flow of your customers buying through Amazon. And then all of a sudden you're going to see that your customers are going to be there. They're going to look for you, and then you'll be found. But it's a longer it's a longer road for that, and that wouldn't be my ultimate goal. My The only reason why you're selling on Amazon if you have a brand that you're building is because people will be on Amazon that don't know about your brand, right? right? So you have to be there, and you should be there, and that's where you should really start because it's easiest to get started there because you don't have to worry about the website. You don't have to worry about the, the email list. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But especially if you're in a competitive market, like it sounds like he is, well, then you need to do what we're talking about. You need to be able to to get that story told. You need to be able to guide them through the journey that they need to go through to understand the product or what you're you're giving them as far as resources, and and we call it the customer journey. It's like being able to kind of lead them at the pace they should be led and then it just happens that your products are the solution to some of those either problems or the next step for them. Um, right. And that's where it really gets powerful. But no, I don't think that you're going to put up a really nice logo on, on Amazon and you're going to put up, uh, you know, uh, a, a good, even, even good enhanced content. And all of a sudden you're going to build this massive brand on Amazon. I think it's going to be harder to do that than to do the other. Um, and that's just my personal uh, opinion, but I do think that you wouldn't don't I guess don't disregard trying to convey that story or that message in your images and in your description, your enhanced content wherever you can. Like, still do it, even though it might not be like this this huge success. You still want it there, right? Because if people right. go from Amazon to your website. You want that to all sync up. You want it to all be the same message, the same story, and then we're building a full out brand. Does that make sense? Or was mine mumbo jumbo, Chris? No,
1: there wasn't. There wasn't too much mumbo jumbo corporate speak. Here's the here's (laughs) the problem. Branding like leads to all these weird words that make no sense to anybody if they don't understand branding. Right. Yeah. yeah. So (laughs) I I, I think it's important and I I have to agree with you there. I don't think what you're going to see is you're not going to see a huge return on investment from that kind of stuff in Amazon currently, could they change the platform to feature some of those brands more heavily? Yes. Are they trying to do that with something like the exclusives program? Uh, yes. But you know, the feedback on that from from everybody that we've talked to is kind of been mixed, right? That does give you that ability to do the video, mm-hmm. uh, and you can you can do video uh, through. What is it, the the A-plus program, uh, Vendor Central, Vendor Express, if you're enrolled in any of those, video about the the brand and the product might be a good way to do that, right? And that's why it's so easy to do on your own site, not that easy to do on Amazon just because of the way that the site is structured. But building all of those assets are extremely beneficial long-term for everything that's not revolving around Amazon.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. And uh, again, I mean, just to kind of wrap this up, because we are at about our our 30 minute mark almost uh, after our little rant there that we had in the beginning. (laughs) Um, But I did want to kind of treat this as we're at one of those TAS live events. And uh, I just wanted to kind of recap a little bit and just say that at this point, you have to ask yourself those questions. Is this product something that you know that your customers are going to want and need in the future? If they are, then I wouldn't discontinue it. I would still keep it there, and I would just try to enhance the images. I would try to add... More in the description that could tell that story or why your product is is better um, or why you created it. I think a lot of times it's like why did you create this this product to to solve your own you know your own problem or situation or whatever. I think that's always a good a good story. Um, so you have to ask yourself that. The other thing that you asked that, that we really didn't talk about was the how to guide, and I think it lends itself um, you know to what we were talking about before. If you have a resource that you can give them to make it better for them through that experience of of using your product or getting ready to use your product, then absolutely you should have that in there. And that goes for anyone, whether you're building a brand or not. If you have a resource that you can give those people before they even get the product to show them what to expect and maybe even to make it so they're ready when they receive that product, Definitely give give them that that free resource, um, and you know that free resource can be a PDF, and that PDF could have um, you know additional videos in it if you wanted to. Obviously, you'd be linking to a video, but as long as you're not linking to uh, you know a, a place where they can buy your product not on Amazon, that's the only thing I would be careful of. Um, but just have that as a resource. Like I don't know how you can go wrong if you try to over deliver by giving them you know, a lot of resources to make their, their experience better. Like, I don't know how you can go wrong with that. Like, so to answer that question, uh, should you include a how to guide? The answer is yes, you absolutely should. And you should make that, you make the quality on that really good too. Like not just something thrown together, right? I'm talking like really thought out, really, you know, put together Uh, formatted well, you know, the cover looking like it's a magazine, like everything, like make that thing stand out that when they get it, they're like, oh, this is something that's valuable. And if you wanted to kick it up a notch, then you could always offer to give them a a printed copy inside of of your product. But again, that's going to add to the cost. And if you don't have the margins there now, then you probably won't have it to add that in. But that would be even a better option to do that in the future. So Chris, I think that's all I've got. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap this uh, this little hat
1: seat up? No, I'd say let, let's recap everything we kind of talked about because it was a lot. You know, those, those three big questions that we kind of talked about were, you know, make sure we know our cost up front. Do you have to make a profit on your first sale, you know, on that first order? The answer is no, guys. Remember that. What you're looking for is break even or better If you make if you make a little bit or you make a lot that's even better. But if we can get it to at least break even on that first one, that's really what we're looking for. The second one, Scott, was like, does having a brand on Amazon help? And I think the answer was not really, but it can't hurt. Uh, and then the the second part of that was "Does having a brand off of Amazon help. And the answer to that is absolutely yes. It lets you build that email list. It lets you build uh, real relationships with your customers. And that's why you and I have started talking a lot about building that list outside of Amazon.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. And again, just to kind of recap the resources, um, I would definitely check out episode or episodes, I should say, three fifty six, and then three fifty seven, and uh, and then uh, I would also check out the workshop that we did where we show you exactly how to go out there and find people in your market, get them to raise their hand and say yes take my email address and send me valuable stuff in this market. Um, so we actually show you that. We also talk about um, this little case study that we just kind of went over with the launch that we just recently did. So that's uh, that can be found at the amazingseller.com forward/ build list and uh, I'll leave everything in the show notes to this episode, which is 359. And the other thing I just want to mention here before we do wrap up, Chris, is uh, we are going to be doing, a live in person workshop and we actually we're only gonna do the one day. We were going to do it's uh June twenty fourth, Chris. Is it the twenty fourth? Uh or the twenty fifth. Twenty yes. fourth or twenty fifth? The twenty fourth is Okay, um, so and we're also going to do an unofficial meetup in North Carolina. We decided to do North Carolina this year uh, or this time of year because, uh, well, to be honest with you guys, I'm traveling quite a bit, and I wanted to keep it closer to home base here, and a lot of people have been requesting us to do one in North Carolina, so we are going to do that. We already announced day one, which will be just a workshop. We're going to sit in a room with only 15 people, and we're going to build, actually help them build their own uh, their own giveaway. And, uh, and we're going to set everything up with them and make sure that when they leave, they have something built and ready to start collecting email addresses and all of that stuff. And we announced that and we filled that that already right now. So it's totally full. But we've had some other people requesting to come to uh, to that one, which we can't do. So we added another day or we're thinking about adding another day. By the time you air this, we'll probably have the answer to that. But if you're at all interested at attending either this upcoming one or maybe one in the future, just go to the TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash live. And all the information will be there. Even the updates, as far as the unofficial meetups, um, the, like I said, the one that we're going to be doing here in North Carolina is totally free. You can go there, meet with us, you know, have a coffee, uh, have a good conversation with other TASers. And, uh, we're really looking forward to doing that. And that will be again. Uh, I think that's the 23rd, right? Chris, that's on a Friday
1: that we're doing the, the unofficial yeah. event. Yeah, it's gonna be Friday the twenty third, and then the uh, the actual workshop is gonna be Saturday, June twenty
0: fourth. Right. And, and and the other day that we'll that we're thinking about doing is the twenty fifth. And that will be on a Sunday. So just head over there. You'll get all the information. You'll get the dates. You'll get the location because the location, we're just, we already know the location to the workshop, but the unofficial meetup, we're still trying to find space. And I think we found a nice little cool coffee shop, which uh, I'm pretty excited about. So that's going to be fun. So yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Chris, uh, any other last little parting bits of wisdom or advice you wanted to leave people with?
1: other than what we started off with at the beginning i think that's kind of the big takeaway right focus on the stuff that makes a difference but don't be afraid to take a don't be afraid to take a minute and kind of sit back and and reflect on stuff it's going to make your business better
0: yeah cool all right guys that's it that's going to wrap up this hot seat session i want you guys to remember as always here for you i believe in you and i am rooting for you but you have to you have to come on say it with me say it loud say it proud chris is gonna do it with us this time on well, the uh, count of three here we go baby you ready chris are you ready I am. all you right let's do three, it I, might be. I can do it let's do it one two three take. take action have an awesome amazing day guys and i'll see you right back here on the next episode All right. I'm just going to try to go ahead and give me a test so I can just see your level. Test, test, test. Perfect. These are my levels, Scott. Are these look, levels good? Are these levels beautiful are levels? They look good. They're hitting the yellow and not even touching the red, which is good. That is ideal. Now we're not <laughs> peaking. All right. All right. Here we go.